Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the kingdom-driven man. And today I got a really special episode lined up for you. I am joined by a special guest who's becoming a friend to me. His name is Jordan Miller. Jordan leads men to live life beyond average. He's an online trainer. He's a nutrition coach. He also is the founder of Run to Gun. You'll hear more about that in the episode. And he is the host of the Live Beyond Average podcast. You're going to hear us break down some really important things that you can apply in your life today on this episode. So let's get into it. You are listening to Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the kingdom man. If you've ever wondered, how can I be the man God created me to be? Or maybe you asked yourself, what purpose does God have for my life? If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. My goal is simple, to help you access the unfair advantage all Christian men have and give you actionable strategies to reach your full potential. My name is Josh Kachadorian. I am a best-selling author, husband, father, disciple, and son of Jesus Christ. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, upgrade into your identity as a kingdom man, and take the territory that God has for you, then it's time to raise the standard. Jordan, it's good to see you, man. I'm so glad to have you on today's episode. What is up, Josh? I'm pumped that we're on, man. We got to connect last week, and now here we are sitting together. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just had a great time getting to know you. I've been actually following you on social. I think you followed me, and then I caught wind that you were recommending a couple guys in your sphere of influence. Say, hey, follow this guy, read his book, and I really appreciate that. And that led us to a connection and what's starting off to be an awesome friendship. So appreciate you jumping on today. Uh, me too, man. It's kind of crazy. I was telling my wife about this connection last week and how, uh, yeah, we followed each other on social. And I'll tell you the truth. I was reading your book and didn't know it was you that was following me and me that was following you. And then I made the connection. And I was like, oh, this guy that uh, I'm seeing his post is the same guy who wrote this book. And so then I was kind of excited that we connected even further. So it's, social media can be crazy, man. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, it obviously, it can be such a distraction for so many guys and it can cause so many um, things with comparison and all the stuff that we fall into as men. But at the same time, if we use it and we don't get used by it, it can just be a powerful tool and weapon to connect with like-minded brothers. So I'm glad you found me and I'm totally honored that you read my book. So thank you for reading it and um, recommending it as well. Absolutely, man. And you, you are right. Like we can use any of this stuff for, for good uh, when we want to. And that's exactly what's going on. And I feel like it's happening more and more all the time. I feel like every week, every two weeks, I'm connecting like this with another kingdom-minded man who is just on the journey. And when, when, when our circles start to grow like this, that is what we're supposed to be doing, man. Our, our circles are supposed to grow and we're supposed to encourage and strengthen one, one another. And I'm just excited. I am really excited. Awesome. And you know, when we talk about social, not to go too far down this rabbit hole right now, but it can be such a distraction. It can be such a pain point for so many men. Um, it leads to, it can lead to comparison. It can lead to just distraction where we're just unproductive. Um, but it's a tool. We either use it or we're getting used by it because they're gaming the algorithms. The goal of every social media company is to keep you on the, the platform as long as possible, consuming content. 
And that can really spin us out of control. So if you don't mind, since we're just going here organically, let me ask you, because I know you run an online training business and we're going to get into your background. But as we talk about social media, how do you put the boundaries up, Jordan? I'm really interested because that's where you run your business. I know you're really active. You post a lot. You're bringing a lot of value to the people that are following you. Um, any tips for, for me and the other guys listening of how you set boundaries and how you make sure you use it, but you don't get used by it? Yeah, man. It, and that's just the truth. I think I don't think anybody would could sit here and tell us that they don't struggle with it if they don't. I, I mean, there's probably a few of you guys who don't struggle with it, but I think most guys are going to struggle with it. I think everybody does. It's the world we live in because so much of the business we do, um, the content that we consume, you know, less people are sitting in front of TV, more people are, are consuming their content on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, whatever. And so, especially for me who runs, I've ran the last 11 years of my business online. And it's even more so now that uh, I know that the posts I make um, help make me an income for my family. And so I spend a lot of time on there. But in this last year, I really focused on, and my kids have helped me with this, is I see my little boy run across the our little acreage right here from the barn to the house, man. And I, I see that and I just, I never want him to grow a day older because he's so dang cute running across the yard and they're so cute playing in the, in the living room. And I've just, due to hit me this last year, how much I'm missing it. I, and I'm there, I'm physically present, but I, you know, there's nights where I'm not emotionally present. Um, and so that just my, you know, own getting punched in the gut, um, helps me with that. So in the evenings, I really just try to step away from the phone um, and it's hard because that's when other people are on their phones and they're ready to spend money and they're really ready to sign up for programs. So it's a give and take. Um, and it is a struggle, man, for everybody. So for me, that boundary is really just realizing what I'm missing um, and making sure not to miss it. So like I know my kids are going to bed at 8, 8.15-ish. So like when I'm home for supper between that time, I'm trying not to be on my phone at all. And then after that, I can go pick it back up and take care of some messages or things like that. So that's my boundary for myself here that I've done the last three months. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's a great best practice. If you can do it and step away, because sometimes we have to do business or there's something that's business related that's calling us related to our income. I have a similar agreement with my wife where, um, you know, we try and we're doing it. I've been honoring it. Um, you know, somewhere around five, five thirty, dinner time until about eight o'clock, we put the phones away or we do our best because she operates an online business. Um, I may have something come up, but um, it's so easy because social, your phone, technology, whatever we're doing, it can just suck us in and take us away from being present with our kids when they're in the same room with us. So we all got to watch out for that. For sure. And we're all going to battle with it every day. You know, it's not something that we're going to perfect in that, you know, the old adage of, oh, I do something for 21 days and it'll become a habit. Like that, that ain't going to be a thing with this. It's going to be a daily discipline to be able to set it down, step away from it and be present with our wives and our families and our kids. Oh, of course. Yeah, because that's that's our call. So whenever we pursue what we're supposed to be doing, whether and even if it's not the phone, something else will pop up to try and disrupt you from from being intentional in that area. Um, Jordan, before we go further with this, what I want to do is take a step back 
And I want to really um, get your backstory a little bit to how you, what your journey's been, um, a little bit about yourself for our listeners that may not know you, uh, may not know what you do. And I know there's a lot of learnings throughout that journey, but if I could just ask you um, a little bit about your background, obviously you're a strong kingdom-minded man. Um, when did that start for you? And how did that, what's that look like in, in terms of you walking out that path to get to where you are today? For sure. Yeah, I'll try to condense this into a few minutes and not three hours. So. Yeah, and I, I might have <laughs> a few questions as well. So go for, for sure. it. Yeah, man. So I was really lucky. I was raised in small community, central South Dakota, 500 person town. Um, and so my parents, I was raised in a community Bible church, um, had a lot of other great men within that church too, that whether it be me being in Sunday school, things like that, that just helped helped push me and, and encourage me to grow a relationship with Jesus. And I felt like from a young age, I really had a direct line of communication with Jesus and this understanding of what it was like to be able to have somebody to talk to. And so I really loved Jesus, man, growing up. And he really did. Um, I did have a standard for how I wanted to live my life early on. And, and there was a lot of things I didn't want to partake in. I didn't enjoy being around, um, you know, the party scene in junior high and high school. I was very just focused to be away from that. Um, same with girls. Like I, I didn't want to date a whole bunch of different girls. I wanted to have a girlfriend. Um, and so it was like those type of things. Um, it was just the way I was raised. I was really lucky um, in that standpoint. I know a lot of testimonies we hear about are the opposite. You know, insane things happen in somebody's life. Um, and then they hit the bottom of the barrel. And then they, you know, they look up and they see God's hands reaching for them and pulling them out of the barrel. And that's so powerful. Um, and mine's a little bit different in that sense. I was I was raised within that. Um, but even though I was raised within that, I still had this time in my life and this this portion of my life that I wasn't necessarily focused on it as I got out of college. And I knew I was still there and I was still praying or going to church, but the focus wasn't what it should have been. And so I still, even though through the midst of all that and being raised right, I still hit bottoms of barrels, you know, and I still have to turn and look up and I still have to accept Jesus hand reaching down the barrel, pulling me out, you know? And so it's just cool how all of that happens. And so, yeah, I mean, that's really the beginning part of my, how I was raised in my childhood in just a small, uh, small community in central South Dakota. I went to school for sports exercise, um, graduated from Dakota Wesleyan in 2011. And then me and my wife, actually, we got married my, just my senior year. We, uh, my joke with, with me and my wife is, and this will be a big part of the story today. Um, my testimony is is my marriage. And so um, we've been together since we were 16. So we started dating after our sophomore year of high school. Um, she's from an even smaller town than mine, 120 people. Their high school shut down. She started coming over to school where I went to, to school at. And uh, we started dating. And uh, we got engaged after our freshman year of college and got married then right at the beginning of my senior year of college. So we've been together a lot of years. And we've had to grow with each other because... A lot of people, if you get married when you're 30, you're, you're kind of already established about, you know, you're, you're grown up a little bit more. You're already become who you're closer to becoming to. And so we've had to really learn how to grow with each other and change with each other and accept each other and help, help push each other. So it's been a crazy journey. We've been together for over half of our lives. We're 33 now. Um, so it's just nuts, man. We've been married since 2011 and uh, it's been really cool. So that's been a huge part of our journey too. So we moved out in Eastern South Dakota now, and uh, we both, we run our online businesses. We have 
our training side of our business. And then we have a supplement company as well. So it's been a crazy journey, Josh. Wow. That's awesome. I want to hear more about that. So tell me the last like couple of years, like when did you get into yeah. online training? And you know, really what I want to focus on Jordan is that how do you bring like for the guys that are listening, like you're an online trainer, we all have different jobs, occupations we do, whether we're running our own business or we're working in someone else's business, building theirs. What's it look like for you specifically and your wife, if you're partnered in this, to um, to demonstrate the kingdom where you are, to bring God's kingdom into touch with the men you're serving, the people you're serving. So continue to tell me the story, but I'm really interested as you were building your business, like how does that surface? How's that manifest for you? And how do you deliberately go after that? Absolutely. So I started it, um, Run to Gun. The idea in 2011, right after I got out of college, I got hired by a gym in Sioux Falls, South Dakota to be a personal trainer. But I already knew then that I, I wasn't going to work for somebody forever. Um, I actually already started a business when I was like 12. I bought a vending machine and uh, put it in my dad's hotel growing up. I already, already was introduced to entrepreneurship and lived within that growing up. And so I knew that I wanted to do that. Um, so that year I had worked on this concept of training hunters and outdoorsmen for hunts, big outdoor adventures and things like that. Um, I grew up in the outdoors hunting and uh, was seeing my great uncles stop applying for tags that they had 30 years preference points in, um, which for people who don't know what that means, that means they've been applying for these tags for 30 plus years and you acquire points to increase your odds of drawing them over time. And they were just going to stop applying because they didn't see themselves physically able to continue doing that. Um, and so I was motivated to help guys prolong their hunting careers so they could hunt with their grandkids because I wanted to hunt with them. And I was just getting out of college where I actually had the time to do that. And so we started that um, and we focused on that for from 2012 all the way until just this last year. Um, we actually filmed a TV show for eight or nine seasons. My brother and I did where we showed how we physically trained for these hunts. And we, showed, we showed ourselves out on these hunts and the rigors of it. Um, and it was a lot of fun, man. Um, and, uh, but our main set then, in which I learned this last year, and we'll backtrack track this and we'll pull this all together, Josh, on what happened these last couple of years with this. Um, but it's really became clear to me, man, on what, what it is on how, how we, how we serve people and how, how we build the kingdom into this. And this last year we were putting on a bunch of men's events and summits and archery shoots and things like that. And I just barreled down to the simplicity of like how, because I was having that question how do I, how do I like get the point across of like loving Jesus or getting to know Jesus? And I just had to like step back and simplify it and just serve people. And that's what just came to me in those moments. It was like, Hey, if you can't do anything else, if you don't know the words to say, if you're not, you know, equipped with something, just serve them well. And that's what it barreled down to. And I focused on just serving these men and, and, and stepping out. And that's how I was raised in, in a hotel business with my dad, right? As we serve people. He didn't know anything else. You served them well. And that in turn, them being served saw they, they got to see, you know, that's, that's a light of Jesus shining through us when we serve people. Well, that is what Jesus did so well. And so, um, I simplified my business in the last couple of years, just working my hardest to serve people really well, man. Wow. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. I mean, Jesus demonstrates servant leadership and, you know, we talk about this in the standard too, that the backdrop of the way everyone understood leadership at the time he was doing that, this was so counterculture because there was no seminars on servant leadership or how to grow your business or serve your customers. The, the demonstration of leadership that was out there was really a king 
running a kingdom. And that's what people hungered for. They wanted the power. And then he comes in and he gets down on his, you know, his knee and he, he washes their feet and demonstrates this whole new concept for us. So I love how you work that into your business. And um, what's that look like, Jordan? Take me a, a level deeper into that in terms of how do you serve them? And has it led to um, some positive interactions and moving men forward into their purpose and likewise fulfilling your purpose with where you're at with how you're training men and you're, you're, you're teaching and getting them in optimal shape at the same time. Yeah. So how that really came about was on the men's summits, right? Um, I was really pulled last year to, to gather men together. Um, so I rented Airbnbs and I got these guys to come out to these summits and I'm all jacked up to do it for months as I'm promoting it. And then I, you know, I get there and I'm setting up and all of a sudden you have the freak out times where you're like, Oh man, like, what am I, am I equipped to do this? These men are about, they're pulling in and they're expecting an amazing weekend with experience and, and having, you know, words preached into them and, and poured over them and encouragement poured over them. And I just had to be like, Hey, just, I, I was just going to bust my butt to make sure that, Hey, if they needed a drink of water, I was going to go get them water. If, you know, I was going to get up early and I'm making them breakfast. I'm making them lunch. I don't care how tired I am from running them up and down the mountain all day and hitting workouts with them and ice baths and, pushing these guys like I, and I'm doing it right along with them but I'm going to make them lunch and I'm going to make them supper I'm going to make them every single meal and I'm going to do the dishes and they're going to enjoy their time away from the from their homes and they're going to connect with each other and we're all going to connect and so it really started with just simple tasks same with our archery events like I'm just running around giving people water bottles you know what I mean like if they need something I, I mean literally just simplifying what serving is right if they need something and sometimes then from that they're seeing that and then that's connecting them to, well, I, this guy, this guy's doing this. I want to talk to him. And so, and, and so then they talk to me about problems or things they're struggling with, and I can serve them then with advice or just listening or, or just, you know, something simple or just praying with them because they're already seeing and feeling this guy's different. Right. And that's what, as, as Christians, we're called to be different. You know what I mean? We're, we're not the same as the world. We're called to not be conformed to the ways of this world. And so when we do these things, it's noticeable. We don't have to say a word. We don't have to be this like beautiful preacher up on a mega church stage. You know, we can just, people will see it and feel it. And, and we, then we then will get our opportunity to have the conversations or just be that light that we're supposed to be. Um, and so that's really what that looked like for me at the beginning. Um, and this, it's kind of crazy. You brought this up today, Josh, because obviously we weren't planning some of this. And I was sitting upstairs thinking about, I was just eating lunch 35 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago. And I was thinking about this as I was eating on, on mentorship and, and how, how we all as men, we need to be and really submit, right? We, we talk about that word submit and how we're supposed to submit to God's word in our life. And we're supposed to submit to him. And, and likewise, from a coaching perspective, I, I'm a coach, right? And I coach and I was thinking about a couple of guys that have been struggling with submitting to a the training plan. And so all this was going through my mind today. And I'm like, man, all, all men need, obviously need to submit to, to God, but they also need to submit to a biblically sound coach or mentor in their life. And then that took it to the next level. I'm like, well, what does biblically sound, sound mean? And I was like, well it doesn't always necessarily maybe mean somebody who can just like spot off every verse from the Bible, but biblically sound can mean too. And at least what I was feeling today was knowing 
what Christ was like, knowing, understanding what dying to self is, and then just living that out and leading those men. Um, and so when men can see that, even if it's not a word, but it's just, sometimes it's an action. It's just the way, the way we live can be some, that biblical man in our life and it can lead us in the right direction when we have that somebody to submit to. So it's just crazy how you, it's all tied in here in the last hour. Yeah, that's great. You know, a couple of things I heard, Jordan, that I just want to recap and pull out a couple of things you said. Um, for the guy that's listening right now, who's thinking like, hey, I'm not a good preacher. Or I don't know a lot of the word, but I, I do love Jesus. And I know I'm supposed to be a light to those around me, regardless of where you are. Um, one of the key things that I'm taking away from this conversation is that we can serve, we can demonstrate through our actions, we can love people by what we do. And that causes curiosity, that causes conversation, because we look different. We're supposed to look different and act different and carry ourselves different. The Bible calls us a peculiar people. We're different. So when you're doing that, you stand apart already. So I love that. And this last theme you just brought up, brought up with, you know, being coachable is really what you're saying. Can we be coachable? And I think for every guy here, I mean, I actually was just looking at this the other day in the scripture and listening to someone say this as well. But if we look at the root word disciple, which we're called to be disciples, I know you and I, we had a little conversation around, hey, do we call ourselves Christians or we're really followers of Christ? Because you can be a Christian and make a decision for the Lord, but that doesn't mean necessarily that you've chosen the life of a disciple. So when you choose the life of a disciple or a follower, you uh, that, that word really means a learner, a student. So it's inherent with what you just said. It's that we stay coachable. And whenever someone gets weird or they go into error or they kind of fall off, you know, biblically sound Christianity is when they can no longer take advice, coaching or teaching from anyone. Like that's definitely one of the signs we see with any movement that goes astray is there's no accountability and they couldn't listen to anyone else. So I just think underscoring like the coachability in our life. And I'm, you know, I'm also a coach and I know that I have to be coachable. I have to model it for others. If I'm going to have any, you know, standing in being able to help anyone else. Yes. And the only way that we can coach is if we're also submitted to somebody else that we're being coached by, you know, I mean, that is how we can bring our best to be great coaches for other people. I mean, we have to be gaining that wisdom. We have to be getting in our inner circles, right? Where we're not the top of that circle. Like we want to be in a discipleship group. We want to be in a group where, where what maybe would be considered somebody with the least amount of knowledge, right? I just feel like that's so key. Well, let's, let's talk about that for a minute, because I think that's a, that's a clear call for men everywhere. Whoever's listening to this, you have to have someone in your life that you're learning from. If you don't, then you're not growing and you're actually in a dangerous place as well, I would say. Um, so for me, you know, I have, the Bible says there's, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. So I have counselors, I have mentors, I have a few men that I regard as my spiritual father, um, spiritual fathers in my life that I go to. Um, what's that look like for you, Jordan? Yeah, absolutely. So my pastor is uh, obviously my, he, he's my guy that I'm, I'm definitely submitted to from a, from a biblical standpoint, from a, a learning constantly from, I'm, I'm around him multiple days a week. Um, and it didn't start that way. You know, it started just being around my church on Sunday for an hour, you know, and then I got, maybe got to talk to him for three minutes afterwards. Um, but he, but then it got into where, you know, I was, stepping into the calling God had on my life. And so I would go to him and talk 
and I, you know, I knew I could talk to him and then he'd encourage that. He'd hold me accountable to that. Um, which is, that's what we need, right? We need the accountability piece, that person that's following up with us. And then it turned into, you know, him asking me for what I thought about things. And so my input that I, I felt was valued, even if he already made the decision, he was taking in my input, right? Because he wanted to make sure that the way I was thinking was, was from a, from a kingdom standpoint, right? Um, and so it builds that conversation and then, and then it turns into just serving in the church more. And then it turned into, Hey, we, he starts a discipleship group with me and two other guys that are in our, our church that, Hey, we, we need to be growing. So now it's a discipleship group. And then it's, Hey guys, you're in this discipleship group. We're in this inner circle. You need to go start one now too, where you're the head of it. And so it's, it's just this snowball effect. It didn't happen overnight. I was been with my pastor for five and a half years now, you know what I mean? And it really picked up effect in the last year. Um, and so it's, it can be this small step, small step, and then a big scale, you know, just like business, right? A lot of times there's these small little steps and boom, we have this exponential growth. Um, I think that happens a lot. Um, sometimes too, especially as we're gaining biblical knowledge of it's just our relationship grows so much deeper with Jesus. And as that love grows and we accept that love, man, like that exponential happens at times. And it's, it's really fun. It's not maybe like that all the time, but when it does, it's pretty cool. Did you always have someone in your life that you could look up to? Was there a period of time where you didn't have anyone around or that older guy, that big brother, that father figure wasn't there from a spiritual perspective um, and I guess second part of the question is, what would you say to guys that are, that feel like they're in that spot right now? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I'm lucky that I always had my dad. My dad's always been extremely present in my life. Um, and I always view him as very knowledgeable and have a lot of wisdom. And I can always go and talk to him. But then, there, but there was times in my life where I didn't necessarily want to go talk to him. You know what I mean? I knew it was there. And so I'm lucky that it was always there. But I, you know, I was growing into myself where... I didn't necessarily want to, or I thought I knew everything I needed to know. Um, but deep down, I, I knew I needed more, but I was such a black sheep in the sense of like, I can get it done myself. I can do things alone. I don't need, I don't need people to walk with me in this. Um, I learned the hard way then on exactly the opposite. And the, <laughs> and the Bible says that, um, that, that we're supposed to be together. Um, and a core of three strands is, is stronger. Right. So, um, <sighs> Walking through that, man, like I, I, I walked alone in, in for from out of college up until I was 30, you know, so eight years, seven, eight years where I just thought like I could do it myself. Um, I didn't necessarily need help. I didn't need mentors. I was smart enough. I could gather any knowledge I needed to gather just off of researching. Um, and man, I, I'm glad I went through that because I learned not to do that. And I started getting in groups and engaging with people now like this. Um, but I wasted a lot of years, man. I think about where maybe I could be at now if I wouldn't have done that. Um, so yeah, my advice to guys would be like, Hey, like if you're listening to this and you want to reach out to me, if you want to reach out to Josh, like do it because guys, we, we actually, we love to have that connection. I, at least I'm, I'm, I'm kind of speaking for you here, Josh, but I'm assuming you do too. Um, Oh, we just know how important that is to just start getting in those circles. So whether that be like, you know, not being afraid to reach out to somebody you look up to and view um, and just shooting them an Instagram message or, you know, inviting them out for a coffee and picking their brain, you'd be surprised how many guys would be honored to, to, to go do that with you. Yep. Yeah, totally. That's, that's really powerful. I like how you said, you know, like 
there's a period of time you look back and you 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 see that as wasted time. Like you wish you did something different. And like guys, we can start right now, whoever's listening to this, because you will look back. If you know the Bible tells us redeem the time. Like what can we do to get it back and to start taking action today, even if you haven't done anything up to this point? Because it's on us to take action and pursue. And a lot of times, I think within Christianity, Jordan is that we feel and there's been this this notion of like, well, if it's meant to be, it's just going to happen. My phone's going to ring. Someone's going to show up at the door. You know, the pastor or the man of God or the person that I really desire that relationship with will just reach out to me and, you know, we'll become buds and then maybe we'll see what the Lord does or he can bring him to me if he really wants to do that. If God wants to do that, he'll bring him to me. And that's not the case. That's not That's not what we see. Of course, God can do anything. But what we see throughout the Bible, and let me just like zero in on King Solomon, one of the wisest men ever, right? He's writing about wisdom. We're we're supposed to diligently pursue wisdom in the form of biblical knowledge, but also people that have that knowledge, men of God that can train us and teach us. And I can tell you that my first official mentorship when I was young, when I really wanted something, I did exactly what you just said. I took them out and I didn't take them out for coffee. I took them out for a really nice lunch. And over that lunch, I said, hey, you have something I want. And I wanted the relationship with this gentleman, but I also wanted this, you know, spiritual maturity and power that I saw moving in his life. And I said, I need what you have. And we started a relationship from there. And it led to weekly prayer meetings together and teaching and discipleship, which is really what you've taught what you're talking about here. It's a discipleship journey. So Here's my encouragement I'm going to tag on for for anyone listening who's like, hey, I don't have that. You know, guys, I'm not as fortunate. I don't see anyone in my life that I want to be like or I know how to pursue. So there's a couple of different realms to this. Number one, you're here. You're listening to a podcast. So anyone who's hearing this, that tells me something about you already. You're already diligent to, to seek how to pursue God's best for your life, how to make yourself better. You're into your spiritual development, your personal development, hopefully your physical development as well. Um, so that's one level. I've been mentored through books. I've been mentored through teachings and trainings. Although I think that's great. I think we need more than that because we don't get the accountability with that piece. So I'd encourage guys get in a men's group. There's lots of virtual options. There's coaching programs and get into your local church and be accountable and have that two-way relationship because ever since the pandemic, and I guess before then, it's easier and easier for us to hide and not get in the view of other people. And there's something that's, it can be discouraging, but it's also comforting because you don't have anyone up in your business. You don't have anyone calling you out or where are you? So we got to be mindful. We don't fall into that trap. Yes, man, you need that so bad. And just remember, like, even if, let's say you are further, the guys listen to this and they are further along in their journey and they're just like, man, I don't know if anybody is discipling me or I don't know if I'm discipling anybody. And we can really look at it in a sense that the word disciple can really throw people off, right? Because like, even the word like, how do we evangelize people, whatever, like those words can throw people off. So like, we can simplify it. Just be like, who do you, who are you caring about? You know, who's caring about you? If you, if you truly care about somebody, you're leading, you want to lead them to, to life you care about them if you love them i mean and so thinking you know again i like to just i'm in this like season of just simplifying things you know make it simple so like look at it, like who do you care about disciple them you know what i mean who's caring about you they they might be discipling you and so something to think about um definitely it's kind of funny how you say like this uh 
you know, this taking action thing, Josh, and, and, you know, not just sitting, but taking action on it. It's really funny. I literally have a note here that, and it's literally the, the title of it is taking action. And the, you know, um, and the difference between this, this praying and taking action, you think about how we can get caught up in it and they're actually the same thing. Like we have to, we can't just sit and pray. Praying is an action. Um, and it's in Matthew 28, 8, 18 and 20 goes, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of the nation, baptize them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I surely, I am with you always to be very end of, to the very end of the age. Well, Jesus said, go out, right? That's us taking action to go out, right? Um, and then right after, I mean, that's taking action. Um, but if we, we go right before that in Matthew 6, before all that, Jesus gave us the prayer example, right? He gave us what, what, it, is, um, what it is to pray. And so we know that taking action is also praying. But we also know that taking action is going out as well and doing things. We can't just sit down and and be lazy. And so it's uh man, taking action is what we're called to do. Yeah. And doing and taking action in obedience, you know, obedience to what the Lord is telling us to do. Because I think there's a difference. There's a lot of guys that want to, there's two extremes here. You know, there's guys that just sit around and people, Christians that sit around and they just want God to do everything. And then I also want to be wary of the other side of the road, which is just go do, build, go, move, keep going, keep going, and never submit your plans to the Lord. Because the balance is um, what I see, and again, I'll reference Proverbs, as we submit our plans to the Lord, then he blesses them. It's not just whatever we want to do, it's the action he's calling us to take, um, or else someone might hear it's like, hey, well, the world's telling me to go take action too. You know, that's a big theme in every coaching program. Yeah. So the difference here with being, grind. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think we got to be careful of that. And um, I love it because there is action taking and, you know, I'm leading some guys right now through the kingdom driven man challenge. And one of the things that we're talking about, or we talked about two weeks ago was the difference between a child of God and a son of God. And there is a difference because we see, um, throughout scripture, we see the apostle Paul, we see the writer of Hebrews saying, Hey, you're supposed to be here, but you're not. I still have to give you elementary things because you're still, you're still drinking milk. You should be eating meat. So the difference between, um, children and sons, full grown, mature sons that are maturing into adults, um, is a child needs to be fed by other people. And a son can take initiative, can take responsibility, and they can feed themselves. They can do things for themselves with initiative in alignment with the Lord. So, yeah, just a difference there um, as we're talking about this, because we can also get that attitude, which I think is prevalent, and sit back and we want someone else to feed us. We want to just show up on Sunday, just give it to me easy and quick, you know, and there's no diligence, there's no pushing in, there's no studying. There's no um, diligence in your pursuit of God. But the difference between, I guess, what we spoke about in our one-off conversation we referenced it here, Jordan, is you can be a Christian and you can be satisfied and happy with where you are, or you can choose to be a disciple and go further and really submit your plan, submit your ways to the Lord. Do you see a difference there? And I'd love to get your take on that. There's a huge difference, man. Um, it's the difference between uh it's the difference between holding a shovel and praying for a hole or digging the hole. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like dude, I, I can say this that you know, I, I accepted Jesus into my heart when I was when I was a little kid. 
you know, I was lucky. Like I told you at the beginning, I've been a Christian my entire life, but I've been, I've been a Christ follower for the last three years of my life. Oh, so good, man. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. like, like there's a big difference and I can tell you the way I feel and the way I connect. There's been a big difference in my life between first 21 and whatever that was years of being a Christian. And then these last three years of being a Christ follower. And, um, and that difference has been, like you said, the submission of, of God's will for my life. And so now we're getting back into tying this bow, bow of, I filmed nine years of a hunting TV show, hunting fitness TV show. And it was definitely God's plan for my life because I prayed on it. And I asked God to open doors if it was what he wanted me to do. And I asked God to shut doors if it's not what he wanted me to do. And he always had the doors open. But then I went through all of a sudden last year where I knew I was supposed to be leading more men and, and focusing more time in my church and serving people. And I got down to, you know, the summer where I'm prepping up for the hunting season and I'm ready to start going. And I just have this feel of like, man, I don't think I'm supposed to be doing this, but I'm not. Maybe it's just me being lazy. Maybe it's just because I just want to be at home and I, you know, I want to spend time with my kids, whatever. So I sit down, and I recognize that. And I'm like, man, like, God, is this something you still want me to do? Like, you've always kept the door open for me. Um, but I know this last couple of years, it's been crazy. You've had me doing some different stuff. And I know I don't want to disobey again because you helped fix, like when I was stiff arming you, Lord, with being a, a spiritual leader to my, my household, which we'll get into here in a little bit. I was like, I disobeyed you for a long time. I stiff armed you. I don't want to stiff arm you on this. Like, shut the door in my face. I need to know. Like, I need clarity on this one. This one can't be vague. I need clarity on this, man. Just please be clear. And, uh, man, the next day I got clarity from the network that, you know, our prices, everything was changing going up. I, I wasn't drawing tags to go even go hunting. All this stuff was so clear. I couldn't even go. I couldn't, didn't have enough to even film a TV show for the season on stuff. And I was just like, man, thank you so much. And so, I stepped away from right, we talk about being obedient in in in, in these callings, right? And, and we have to understand that calling and be obedient because God, like it's leaving the one piece of candy. We see this piece of candy on the table and that was Run to Gun TV, this delicious piece of candy that I had. And I worked for it. Everything was starting to go really good after nine years of just grinding and going. And people are starting to know and people are, you know, you go to Shields, you go to the sports store, people know who you are. Like, okay, cool. Our, our show's getting out there. We're connecting with guys. All right. And then all of a sudden I'm like, man, I've sacrificed so much for this. And God wants me to sacrifice everything I've sacrificed for and, and let it be the sacrifice. And I'm like, okay, like I, I got to walk away from this little piece of candy. And I have to trust that I'm going to round this corner and there's probably going to be a whole bigger pile of candy over here because I know God's got a plan for something bigger and better that he has. I'm, I, it, and my friends really had a hard time understanding, like, how could you let all this go? You worked so hard for nine years. Um, and you're just going to quit. You know, you're just quitting. And, you know, that's the way they viewed it. And my view was, was no, like, I trust that by walking away from this, God has so much more planned for me, so much more meaning. Because the TV show's meaning was just about me. You know what I mean? Granted, we were putting good word and encouragement in that show that are helping men for sure, because that was what we were supposed to be doing. But it was time, you know, God was like, okay, next season, I've already built you up in this area. I'm going to move you over. I'm going to slide you over and you're going to start, instead of connecting through guys through a TV screen, you're going to start doing it in person. You're going to start doing these events. You're going to start training these men, whatever it looks like. Um, and I still don't know what it looks like. I talked to you about that the other day. I'm just... Yeah. Day to day, just trusting that it's. Yeah. 
Yeah. I so love it because crazy, you, know, you were you recognize that there was some grace in your life that was departing, that it just wasn't as easy as it used to be. And um, you paid attention to that where I think as men, we could just willpower it back into existence when it's our will. We just push through. So good on you for recognizing that. And again, like submitting your way to the Lord. Um, Jordan, let's, you mentioned your, you know, your family life and, and marriage a little bit. Let's talk about, you know, what some of the lessons you learned along the way. And then I want to get into, you know, your current endeavor with Seeker Supplements too, and, and learn a little bit more about that and help guys um, know what you offer and how to connect with you. So yeah, take me into the family dimension a little bit. Yeah. So man, this is the big thing. This is the really thing I feel like can serve a lot of men on the call today um, on this, on this podcast is just. I told you guys I've been married for since 2010. Um, been with my wife since we were 16, so we got to grow together, and we and and we got to this point. Man, it would have when I hit my rock bottom would have been the end, December of 2020. So the previous couple years before that is when we were really struggling, and we still loved each other. I mean, we weren't in any part of not loving each other, or nobody was cheating on each other. Nothing, no, you know, nothing weird. Um, in, in the sense, or it's not even weird. It's just nothing that I could even put my nail on. Um, that's something, but we just weren't loving each other the way that God commands us to love each other. We weren't, you know, we're supposed to love God and we're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to serve our wives like, like God loves us. Um, and I definitely wasn't doing that. God had put it on my heart previous years prior to, to really start leading my family and be the spiritual leader in my family. The way I was leading men, the way I was training people in the gym, the way I was doing my podcast, the way I was doing these other things, but I wasn't even doing it in the own four walls of my home. And so God was like, he was on me about it a lot. And I felt in my heart, the Holy Spirit was working on me, man. Like, and you guys will know, like the guys will question, right? How do you know it's God? Like, trust me, if it's on you all the time and in your heart, you know, something you're supposed to be doing something, probably the Holy Spirit working in you you know, to do something different. Um, and I tell you what, I was giving them the Derrick Henry stiff arm. You guys seen Derrick Henry in the NFL line people, lo- throw people over, man. I was, I was like stiff arming this for some reason. I don't even know why. I just pride. I, I don't know, like just being stubborn and too afraid to just do it. Um, and so, man, finally at the end of 2020, I just got so sick of the dumb arguments and just not being connected emotionally with my wife and, and loving her the way I wanted to. We were just like, arguing one week not arguing the next and just like for and i thought it was like a couple months and one month one night me and my wife were in an argument and she was like it's been like this for like two years type of thing and i'm like no and then i'm like oh we looking back i'm like no it hasn't i've been disconnected for that long um you know and it was totally my fault um and so man i just like it just like hit me hard there at the end of 2020 in december and i just decided man i was gonna i was gonna i was gonna start doing what god was telling me to do and uh i i I got in a coaching group. I got, I connected with some men that I needed to connect with. Um, I paid money to be in that and it was worth every penny times a million because it was just the permission that I needed to be who God actually made me to be, not the identity, the false identity I was putting on myself of who I was because of things that I went through when I was a kid with my parents getting divorced and, and me being very happy, go lucky dude. Um, and it, and, being this ultimate leader um, and happy all the time, making sure everybody's good. I was putting that on myself because I saw my family around me sad. And I was like, no, we're all good guys. Come on. Like be happy. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. 
And so I was always this way. And I found myself at 30 years old being like, I don't want to be that way all the time. I'm actually like, I like to plan things and I like to, I like to lead from behind and not be always so vocal, but really encourage people quietly and just encourage. But I'm like, but I can't be that way. Nobody knows me this way. And so like, it was why I was not leading my family the right way. That's why I wasn't leading my wife the wrong way. It's because I was putting this false identity. And every time I'd lie to myself, it's just like this growing little lie. And the lie was a partial truth, but it always grew worse and worse as it goes, right? And so it really came to this point where I just had to face, actually face it as a man and be like, What's no, that man, look like? like? Yeah. It's hard. It's hard because it's all pride. The one thing that's in between the one and the other is pride. You know what I mean? It's pride and fear. You know, it's just those those things that we have to just like start chipping away at. Um, and the only thing, at least in my life, that could chip away at that was putting my identity in Jesus for what he has called me to do. Um, I, I know that Jesus told me when I was um, years ago that I was to be a man that God can greatly use when I was in junior high. And then I had a moment um, right before I got married that summer of 2010. Um, I had a, a moment in, in, in my sleep that was, you know, I promised God that in a conversation, in, in a dream that I was going to do great things here on earth for him. And God told me then in December of 2020, he reminded me because I hadn't thought about that in 10 years, 2010 to 2020. I didn't think about I was going to do great things for, for, for Jesus on earth. And God reminded me right then. He's like, hey, you promised me. And man, I cried like a little baby because I was like, oh, dude, I promised God this. And, and he, and I, I wasn't living to that promise even close. I wasn't being a bad person per se. I mean, I was still a Christian, you know, say Christian, nowhere near being what I was promised to be. Um, and so, man, I just started taking the steps forward. I, I got around men, like we talked about, put myself in a, a, in a group of men that could help lead me and hold me accountable and grow closer to, to God. And, and, and then God was putting the stuff on me to go do. He was like, okay, you stepped into it. You're equipped. Like, so now tell me, I mean, so you notice there's some issues in your marriage, you know, maybe it's the honeymoon period's gone. That's another way we can say it. We get into arguments. Um, we start to feel separated a little bit. You know, there's ups and downs in marriage, like every marriage. And um, you notice something and you get plugged in with a group of guys, you submit yourself, but practically coming out of that, like, what did you do to change your marriage? Because I'm sure your story resonates with a lot of guys right now. Like, what's the actions that Jordan took that maybe I can emulate? And how did you start leading your family? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. And so from a day-to-day -day basis, I mean, what I was doing was trying to personally, like, I know this sounds like, okay, how do I do this? I was working at building my relationship with Jesus. Like just, I wasn't worried about what my wife was doing. I wasn't worrying about the things that were, that she was doing that were pissing me off in the past. Right. I was purely worried about myself. So I just worried about myself growing relationship with Jesus. My wife saw that, right. She saw how I wasn't react. I was reacting to her differently. Um, because when you're growing relationship with Jesus and you're serving Jesus, if you're truly doing that, making heart change, you're, you're probably going to start serving differently around your house, right? Like you're going to like, I'm not an acts of service guy. That's not my love language. My wife loves acts of service. So guess what? When I do something simple, like take the trash out, I am like, a, I am like a hero, man. <laughs> so, so, but I'm not doing, but I also like, yes, do I, do I want to please her? That? Absolutely. But I know when I'm building a relationship with Jesus, I, I know the difference between just doing the right things to do because it's the right thing to do. And I love Jesus. So I'm doing it for that reason. Um, 
you know, it says, Jesus says to do all things for the glory of him, whether it's we eat, whether we work, whether what, whatever it is, we do it for him. Um, it's, it's a side benefit that my wife gets to benefit from that too, right? It's like working out. Um, if you just eat healthy and work out, it's just, it, we're going to be healthier individuals, probably going to live a better life. It's a side benefit that you're probably going to look the way you want to look and feel too. Same concept. We're going to look and we're going to, we're going to, our wives are going to get that side benefit from us serving Jesus. Um, and so that's what was the first step, Josh. Um, and then the, the second step was really just like, as I just fell in love more with Jesus, man, I, I wanted to connect emotionally more with my wife. I wanted to open up and not hold walls of, of talking or what think, what was going on. Because a lot of it was conversations that I just need to deal with, with what was going on in my life with work or with growing my businesses or past stress from when I was 13, you know, that, you know, it wasn't stressing me out anymore, but it was still a conversation I need to have with my wife. Um, and so it helped me lower the wall down, lower my guard down. Um, cause then she could gain an understanding of how my brain operates. Um, and so when she could understand how my brain would operate, she could then openly communicate and not feel like she's walking on eggshells. And then I could understand, oh, this is why her brain operates this way. That's why it was making me mad. It's actually super simple, guys. Um, but walls have to be broken down a little bit. And we have, to be, we have to be able to listen. Think about what God does for us so well. We can pray and pray and pray and give, a, give him to-do list all the time. Think about how you pray. A lot of times we are just giving God to-do lists. He listens really good. What we don't do is listen. Well, you know, part of prayer, we should actually be quiet and shut up and listen because God's going to reveal things to us. Same way in our marriage. We need to shut up sometimes and just listen. You know what I mean? And not always give give the advice, but listen and understand how brains are operating, where hearts are at. Yeah, that's really good, Jordan. Um, you know, what I'm taking away from this is we talk a lot about self-leadership first. Before we're qualified to lead others and lead our family, we have to lead ourselves. And I think that whole process of what you did by humbling yourself, by seeking the Lord and just saying, hey, I'm going to focus on leading myself first and then all the organic benefits that came from that. Um, that's amazing. So that's something that anybody listening to this can put into action right now. We can all draw closer to the Lord. We can submit ourselves, our attitudes, and then watch the fruit that shows up in your life because you start serving and your heart changes towards your wife, your family. It could be coworkers. It could affect every area of your life from, from there. Yeah. And I mean, I wish I had more like these tangible to go do things for you guys. Um, but I just do. And I, I trust that when you just, you have that self leadership, right? God says to love others as you love yourself. Well, the first thing is uh, we read that backwards, but we have to love ourselves the right way. We have to lead ourselves the right way. If we're going to love our wives the right way. Yeah. Um, well, so, I'll... so, it really, go ahead. No, I was just going to add something for the guys that are listening to this, where maybe there's some real heartache in your background, in your marriage relationship. Um, it's good to seek the Lord. It's, it's always the right thing to do. But part of that is asking him, what do you need to do to make things right? Because some of us have messed up so much where you can start serving today, but there's still going to be past pain and some stuff that needs to be addressed. Um, that was the result of decisions and actions and there's consequences to those. So, you know, I just want to throw in a tangible that as you seek the Lord, guys that are listening to this and say, hey, I want to be a better husband. I want to lead my family. Well, I think Jordan's advice is perfect. You know, humble yourself, seek the Lord, get around other guys. And then that listening part of the prayer is like, what do I have to make right? 
because sometimes we can't just press reset and say, okay, I'm going to change my behavior from this day going forward. You might have to go back and apologize. You might have to ask for forgiveness for things you did in your past and bring that reconciliation piece. So I don't want to skim over that because that wasn't your issue, but you know, there's things in guys' life where we have to go back and we have to do that. And it's always good, you know, to do that from time to time. But if there's any kind of trauma or something that we inflicted, we want to make sure we make that right. Oh, yeah. And guys, I mean, I had two years of being a jerk, right? Now that my wife knows the right way. I had to I had to reconcile that, right? Like there was there was a grudge held up there from my wife's end of of of, of that, you know, that she then had had to let go and forgive as well. You know, I mean, there had to be a lot of reconciliation for both of us just to be like, oh, yeah, we love each other. <laughs> like, like, we don't want to not be together. Um, but, man, it takes two people really humbling themselves down. But, men, you are the leader in this, guys. Like, we, you are called to lead your family. Um, and it takes you doing it. It might not. It, you're going to want it to be fixed overnight. I wanted it to be fixed overnight, too. It's not how it works. It takes consistency. Um, you have to prove that it's real. I mean, um, and you will. But um, because of the diligent work you're going to put in every day, nobody's going to. And Josh, you know this: diligence isn't the stuff we get slapped on the butt for. It's not the sexy stuff. You know what I mean? It's the stuff that we put in in the silence every single day, um, and that's the stuff though that's going to pay off. You just do that day after day after day, um, and I trust that God's going to lead you guys when you're doing those things to when you're seeking Him first. He's going to He's going to provide the next step for you. Even if you don't know what that tangible step is, it's going to become clear because your action in these diligent things are going to bring clarity. So your action in, in praying with him every day and building that relationship will bring clarity to the next action you need to take with your wife or with anybody else. So just take that action. Like, wow, that's crazy that we were talking about that earlier, man. Yeah, awesome advice. And uh, I would say that we are 100% responsible for what we're getting back in our relationship. So what are we putting in and what are we getting back? So um, Jordan, as we have just a few minutes here to, to wrap up, um, let's touch on, you know, the, the fitness component, you know, obviously that's your business, that's your life. That's what you do. I want to just hear from you briefly on, you know, what role does fitness play for the modern Christian man right now for the guy that's following the Lord? I want to get your take on that in terms of any other benefits you get from it spiritually and emotionally, mentally, you know, how that spills over into your life. And then I want you to tell me a little bit more about Seeker Supplements. Sure. Man, fitness is just that overlooked piece, man. Um, obviously, I, I can't remember where it says in the Bible. Um, there's a lot of references, obviously, on our spiritual fitness as well as our physical fitness, our endurance, things like that. And it, there's, a, there's a piece, I can't remember where it's at, Josh, but it talks about how you know, fitness isn't near as important as mm -hmm. spiritual fitness. Right. Um, Bodily exercise. So a lot of guys, you said again, little, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so a lot of guys will take that and run with the, well, it's not near, it's not important for me to be physically fit. I need to be spiritually fit. It doesn't say though that it, it says it's more important to be spiritually fit. It doesn't say that it's, we're not benefiting from being physically fit. Um, so it's just twisted and turned about like every other passage in the Bible can be twisted and turned. Um, it's very important that we're not, you know, we're, we don't find ourselves in gluttony. Dudes, like 70% of the men in America are roughly around that area are overweight or obese. Guys, I'm pretty sure that is, that is if we're in that area, we're, we're probably, uh, minus a few medical exceptions, we're probably living in gluttony. You know what I mean? And that's, 
not what we're called to do either. So if we're, we can't just pick and choose what parts of the Bible we want to follow. Um, we, we have to do our best to have some discernment in these things and, and, and live out all of it. Um, and, and treating our bodies as a temple that we know they are it is a big key portion of it, having discipline um, in the way we live our life daily. Um, and so having discipline in what we're shoving in our mouth matters. Does this, what we're putting in our mouth actually serve us, right? Past just how good it tastes for 15 seconds. Um, now, you and I both know that that doesn't mean that we shouldn't go out and have a feast. We shouldn't go smash some buffalo wild wings occasionally with our family or whatever that looks like. But man, like from a daily basis, guys, we got to lock in a little bit. We got to, we got to treat our bodies the way we know they're supposed to be treated. We need to learn about what's in food. You need to learn how much your body requires for protein. We need to learn how much you require for carbohydrates. We need to learn what you require for fat. And sometimes that takes a coach to do that and help you understand like, okay, I need to get locked in with my food. Help me with this. I need to get locked in with a daily training plan. Help me with this um, so I can understand it and treat my body the way it needs to be treated. We don't have to have six packs and be, and be away at the gym three hours a day away from our families either. Um, we need to have the balance in it, but that balance is completely possible when we focus and we structure our days and live by design and not be so defaulted to life. We got to design everything within that at times um, and make it just part of our lifestyle because right now it's looked at, you know, the whole world looks at it as a diet. Everything, the way we eat it, it's always a diet or the way we train, you're, you know, it's always a training plan. Why isn't it just the way we live our life? You know, why isn't training just part of the way we live? Why isn't eating part of the way we live um, eating right? And so it's just, such a mindset switch back to what it should be in my opinion. Yeah. We could go so far on this. I know we're getting crunched for time, but um, I would say it really comes down for me is I want to optimize, right? I want to optimize every area of my life. I'm a better person. I'm a better husband, better father. And guess what? I am, I'm a better man of God when I'm in shape and I have energy. So for me, one of the biggest things, it's energy management. You know, the man who can manage his energy is going to be able to fulfill his destiny and the call on his life and be able to help others and serve everyone like the way we started this show with what you're doing. So, um, yeah, for anyone that's like struggling in that area, I know, Jordan, that's what you do. People can reach out to you. Um, but before we drop all your info on where people can connect with you, um, tell me about your supplement line. I'm really interested. I do take supplements. I'm a believer in, you know, today's day and age, I can't get everything I want from food and there's easier ways to consume um, ingredients and things that I need for optimal performance. So tell me, uh, tell me about secret supplements. For sure, man. I mean, obviously, like you said, like our first key component should be whole foods, right? We should, we should always be able to try to take everything in through whole foods, but there's times where we need to fill the gaps. Um, so in 2019, I, me and my wife started secret supplements. I started originally, I just wanted to have a couple flavors of a mental enhancement product, mental focus. Um, because I, as a, Back then, as a trainer, I was training a lot of crazy hours. I would go to the gas station to buy one Rockstar. It was buy two, get one free, and I'd end up drinking three in a day instead of saving it for three days. Terribly not good for you. Um, so I made this product called Seeker, um, and I put in mental nootropics for mental focus and alertness um, with just a little bit of caffeine and then five different electrolytes for hydration. So I could drink it multiple times a day and benefit, actually have a benefit, something that served me. Um, and so... I started it that way and then we came out with a second flavor. The first flavor went over really good and we made a second flavor. And then I was kind of like, well, I really want a drinkable multivitamin. I don't like popping pills all the time. So, you know, then we made a drinkable multivitamin and, and then uh, before you knew it, we had another flavor of Seeker out and then we had 
okay, forget it. We're going to come out with a protein too, because we know we can make a really high quality, uh, you know, source from USA cows protein. So now protein, then we made a superfoods and then we made pre-workouts and aminos. And so it's like, man, we're like two and a half years in. And, uh, I think we got around like 19 different products. Um, we have a collagen coming out here really quick. That's a, nobody knows that. So your listeners are going to be the first to know that. So congratulations. So nice. we have a really good collagen awesome. coming out here pretty quick. Um, on the labels, guys, everything you see, uh, nothing's hidden. So no proprietary blends. Uh, we have everything made here in the United States. Uh, so yeah, you can see exactly what you're taking in there. Um, and no one asks questions and we're always happy to help you guys out. So it's been a fun, fun project so far. That's awesome, Jordan. And hey, just so everyone who's listening knows, I asked Jordan, I said, hey, tell me about these supplements before we do this episode, because I'm not a fan of proprietary blends. A lot of companies <laughs> use yep. them to, to misdose and hide what they're really doing and just say, hey, it's a blend we can't show you. It's usually underdosed. And when he told me that, I'm like, okay, we can go there. Let's talk about seeker supplements. So yes. I'm really interested in your, your nootropic as I always try and raise and optimize my performance of, you know, just mental clarity, brain health and all that stuff. So um, I'll be hitting you up for some of that. And um, anything else you want to leave us with as we um, we wrap up today? And then I also want to tell people how they can connect with you as well, Jordan. For sure, man. I just want to challenge the challenge the guys listening today. Um, just I, I, I fully believe that everybody listening today or listening to this podcast when you're listening to it is God's got a God's got a word for you, man. And God's got something on your heart that that you know that you're being convicted of to start moving towards to start working towards i just fully believe that because i know that god uses men and i know god uses men for his good um in all areas of life no matter how big or small you may view that it's all big even if you think it's small um and so i just want to challenge you guys and encourage you guys and strengthen you guys to just take the step forward to just go into your calling doesn't matter what it looks like for you or it doesn't matter if it doesn't you don't have the logistics that it even makes sense because that is exactly what faith is when you're taking to step forward without the logistics of it making sense god will make sense of it for you as you but you got to take the steps first so i just want to encourage you guys to do it awesome jordan it was great having you on for the guys listening thanks for tuning in to this episode of raising the standard and listen if you know someone that needs to hear this we touch on a lot of different topics whether it's your marriage whether it's the physical preparation and taking care of yourself or understanding the will of God for your life. So many great topics in this episode. Share this with somebody just right now. After you finish this episode, just go into the app, click share and text it to a few brothers that need to hear this and need to have this discussion. And maybe it even opens up a discussion for you to start taking your conversations into deeper territory and surrounding yourself with that group of guys that Jordan and I talked about so you can raise the standard in your life. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If what you heard here today resonated with you and you want to fully step in to be the man that God created and called you to be, then I want to give you a free guide. It's called The Map, and you can get it at standard59.com. In The Map, I will give you 12 biblical strategies that every kingdom man pursuing biblical masculinity must honor. If you're ready to step off the sidelines and pursue the upward call, then get the map today at standard59.com. That's standard59.com.
Hey, if there's a brother in your life that needs to hear this message, then share this show with them. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps get the message out there to more men. Until the next show, guys, let's raise the standard.